We're not doing video though, Zen. And you look cute, no. Don't worry about your hair. No, I never know if you're gonna be, uh, if we're gonna be on with people, like I wore my shirt. Oh, like, really good, thanks, thanks. Yeah, yeah, this is for, so this is for AMR Trains, which is like our podcast. So this is like the, this is going to the mass audience of AMR, so. Okay, understood, thank you for the clarification. Sure, sure, all right, so here I go. Uh, welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. It's almost Memorial Day weekend, which means temps are rising or have already risen around much of the country. So today, we're going to talk to coaches Jennifer Harrison and Elizabeth Waterstrat to get their best tips on how to physically and mentally handle running in the heat. Jen and Liz are longtime endurance coaches based near Chicago, Illinois, and they're also the head coaches for the triathlon program and the heart and soul heart rate training programs in the Train Like a Mother Club. So welcome, ladies. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. So that's Liz and Jen. Say hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, so we can hear your voices. So, um, so first of all, how are things going? Is it summer yet in Chicago? Jen? <laughs> <laughs> it's never summer in Chicago. Oh. Never. Never. Um, you know, today is sunny and warm. Yeah. I think this week they had the wettest May on record here in Chicago, which says a lot because I feel like every year they say, oh, this is the wettest May that we've ever had in Chicago. Um, it's just been really wet and a little bit dreary. So, you know, it's been a little tough, but we're hanging in there. We're tough in Chicago. So you don't have your 90 degree, 90% humidity days yet. No, we'd be happy with 70. You'd be happy with 70. Oh, okay. So we're, so we're, we're really catching up. So the Midwest maybe has not hit it. We had in Colorado here, um, well, gosh, it was even this week. Today's only Wednesday. Yeah, it was Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> oh, it's Thursday. Sorry. Yeah, it's uh, whatever day. It's, it's COVID day. Um, Monday and Tuesday, it was hot, like 90. And I saw people out running at like 5 p.m., like, which is kind of the heat, the hottest part of the day, 90, 91. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is an acclimation run if I've ever seen one. So so let's talk about, um, first of all, acclimatizing to the heat. Kind of what is a nice timeline or a, a, an appropriate timeline for people to think about um, when they are getting used to running in the heat? Uh, Liz, you want to take that one? Sure. So it takes about two weeks to fully acclimate to the heat. So okay. in that time, you know, your body's making all of the adjustments so that it can perceive that heat as less stress. Okay. And so in two weeks, meaning is that a run every day or is that like just a regular week of workouts? So if you run four days a week, we're looking at about eight workouts, that kind of thing. That's a good question. So from what I've read, you want to make sure that you get in, let's say three workouts in the heat of the day. The key is these have to be easy workouts because as your body is introduced to a new stressor, it can only handle one stressor at a time. So okay. let's say it's 90 degrees and you go out at 12 p.m., but you have a speed workout. You're not going to be able to do both the speed work and acclimate to the heat. One, one will always win and it will always be the, the, the hot conditions will always slow you down. So, um, you know, just getting out there, let's say three times in a week doing your easy runs during the heat of the day. And then I think there's also benefit in just being in the heat beyond that. So whether you're walking the dog or doing some yard work in the heat, all of that counts towards heat acclimation. Okay. So what about Jen, what if we got a runner who's like, I've got to be done, you know, I've got to be on my Zoom meeting at eight. So she's got to go in the morning. 
um, but the mornings are just a little bit warmer. Is she still going to acclimate um, as well if, if she's not able to go out in the heat of the day? Yeah, I mean, it takes a little bit longer to acclimate when you're not running at the, you know, the high highest, the, when it's hotter during the day. But sure. like Elizabeth said, you have to also balance the stressors. So if she's, if she's working and got kids and, you know, you don't want to keep adding stress after layer after layer. So it's okay to do it in the morning. What I would suggest is back to what Elizabeth said, get out, go for a walk, take your dogs out, take your kids out, and just kind of live in that heat a little bit versus always being in the air conditioning. That helps a ton. Sure, sure. Okay, well, so what effect does running or does heat have on the running? Um, you, either one of you guys can take this. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think my biggest thing is you slow down, right? Things feel harder than they used to, right? Yeah, you're going to slow down. Um, and before you're acclimated, you're going to have trouble with letting go of the heat. So letting go, you know, letting go by way of sweating. Um, you're going to have trouble just for recovering from your runs because you're going to be a little bit stressed out. So, you know, one thing I always tell people is when you have those hot conditions, and especially when you're not acclimated, you just need to adjust your expectations. So lower your expectations for how the run will feel, the pace you'll run, and how it will go overall. Because that heat adds up, and, you know, your body might just not, not be ready for it or not handle it well. Sure. So when you guys, when you go out in your first run, Liz, when it, when Chicago finally decides it's going to be summertime, um, like how, what, tell me what you're going to do or tell me how you'll kind of approach it. Well, I would just go for an easy run and just know that the time that I spend out there would be worthwhile. Let go of any sort of judgment of my pace during that okay. time. Okay. Uh, make sure that I warm up like even slower than I think I need to go because that's the thing about the heat. You get out there the first 15, 20 minutes, you feel okay. And then it just kind of hits you, you know, and then you slow down and you're like, what happened? Um, definitely going to bring some hydration along. So, you know, either have a place where I can refill my bottle or go out there with everything I think I need or make loops. Um, I'm also just going to dress for it, you know, make sure that I, I always tend to dress 20 degrees warmer than it is anyway. So just making sure that I'm not overdressed, that I have a visor on, sunglasses, you know, just all, all these little things. Um, and sunscreen. It sounds really silly, but sunscreen actually helps because if you're out there, you're getting sunburned, then your heart has to pump blood to that skin to cool it down. So the sunscreen is actually a, a little bit of a protective layer. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's cool. So what do you like to wear um, in the heat, Jen, when you're out running? I mean, do you like... Um, Looser clothes, tighter clothes, what color? Like, do you, do you get that deep into the weeds? Oh, absolutely. You okay. know, it's funny because here in Chicago, the sun is not as hot as it is. So when I spend a lot of time in Arizona, I actually wear tight clothes, white clothes, um, full hats and everything because the sun is just so much more intense in the South than it is in the Midwest or probably the Northeast. Um, but here in the in the Midwest, I tend to always wear something that covers my face. So I always wear a visor or hat, whatever your preference is. I always wear, um, I almost like I barely dress, even though I need to put, we all need to put clothes on. I barely, sure. I put a sports bra on and a really loose tank. Um, so it's kind of wispy and it kind of, the wind will catch it and kind of act as a cooling mechanism for me. Um, and then shorts, believe it or not, <laughs> this is something that I just learned over the last couple of years. Back in the day, I would just wear running shorts, you know, like loose running shorts. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, 
and probably heavier, I've had to go to bike shorts because during the humidity, I can't handle the chafing of my legs. I'd come back and I'd have marks on my legs and I'm like, oh my God. So I've moved to bike shorts. I, I don't mean bike shorts, um, you know, bike shorts without the padding. The, yeah, like kind of spandex bottoms kind of, you know. And like, I have my favorite pair and I have, you know, four different, you know, all the colors and all 400 of them that I wear. And um, it's really helped me a ton. Just get away from that, that grinding during the humidity where everything's kind of sticking together. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's the one thing about humidity that um, I think if you're not used to it and it comes on, it definitely promotes blisters. It promotes chafing. Like we said, it promotes just lots of hot spots and places that you might not see them before. Um, I got to ask you, what's your favorite brand of like spandex or what do you like to wear? What style? Yes, and I think people are going to think I'm saying this because I'm an ambassador, but my favorite Lululemon is Lululemon Fast and Free uh, shorts, and I have okay. their, all their tights and all their shorts. I'm obsessed with them because they, ha they have pockets on the side, which I never thought I would ever use. I'm like, that's so ridiculous. Who runs with any? I don't run with anything. Yeah. Who runs with anything? And I found myself liking the pocket on my Fast and Freeze tights and shorts. So yeah. I'm what, what do you put in them if you don't run with anything now? Well, sometimes I've been running with my phone lately. During the quarantine, I've been running with my phone a little bit for a little music, which is not my style, but I just need something. Sometimes I can't be in my own head. I hear you. I hear you. Good for you. I'm glad. Okay, so that's good. What Do you do? You wear running shorts, Liz? Are you, a, are you also a spandex girl? I do, but I'm crossing over the threshold of needing the anti-chafing <laughs> shorts. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I'm like a classic jog bra and run shorts. It could be 40. I have done 5Ks in like 38 degrees and I'm out there. I'm the girl in a jog bra and run shorts and I don't care what my stomach looks like. I can't stand it being covered and I can't stand being hot. So yeah. even when I leave my house, I try to be appropriate so my neighbors don't think what's wrong with her. So I'll wear a shirt like out of my neighborhood and then just take it off and hold it the rest of the way. I also like to hold things when I run. I've got all these quirks. Nice. So, um, so yeah, that's like, I, I would run naked if I could. You know? <laughs> I don't like being over, over dressed. I get really hot out there. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, okay, well, so let's talk about um, roots. Um, do you guys plan your roots with shade or, you know, coolness in mind? Or is it just kind of suck it up and go buttercup? What do, what do you do, Liz? Well, I'll go to you first. You know, again, another one of those things, as you get older, you worry about your skin. I would say I definitely try to stay in shadier places or make sure I have a visor on. But if that's, I mean, also we have just a bunch of meadows that you run in here. So there's not a whole lot of like foresty areas and shade. But, um, you know, again, if I know I'm gonna be out there in the open meadows, sunscreen, pad or visor, um, and, and I would probably do loops just to make sure I can refill a bottle or circle back to my car. Um, mm -hmm. And that's how I would plan my route. Nice. And I know that, um, you know, Chicago isn't known for its mountainous terrain, but do you ever go to trail runs, uh, Jen? <sighs> I do, but because we are building Noah's Ark here in the Midwest, um, I have been off the trails because of the, the wet and the stickiness of the trails. But I do really like the trails, and I think that the trails serve a purpose of um, – I just really like it. I like the dexterity of the trails. I like the, the variance of the trails, kind of losing your mind. But I have to be honest, honest too, with the trails, it's a safety issue too. So yeah. I have to really, I have to know that other people are going to be out there or I have to go to a really important 
key time, eight o'clock on a Saturday when everyone else is out there. Um, somebody asked me, somebody asked on Twitter the other day, I thought it was the best question ever. They said, if, and this is not, a, this comes across as sexist, sexist, but I don't mean it to sound that way. But sure. if men were not on the planet for one day, what would you do? And that people are like, oh, I would do this and I would do this. And I'm like, I would run everywhere and anywhere that I'm afraid to run because of men. And again, not to be sexist, it could be women too, but I just yeah. thought that was a great question. It is a good question. Uh, Liz, what would you do if men weren't on the planet <laughs> putting you on the spot? No, I'm just kidding. I you don't have to answer. I would enjoy a day of not having to pick up after them. <laughs> no, I, I think I would not cook. My yeah. countertops would have no more piles. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, okay, so, so let's go back. Um, Liz, let's go back to hydration. You talked about bringing water, having that um, you know, with you. So, I mean, so are you taking water on every run in the summertime, pretty much regardless? Well, Coach Liz takes run water on every run any time of the year. Okay. Um, I have my little, I have my little handheld Nathan. I, I love this thing. And I was never a handheld bottle person. I used to have the fuel belt with the four bottles on it. And, you know, you'd take it off. You'd be like, I'm so skinny and fast. But now I just have the, <laughs> the bottle that holds 12 ounces. Okay. And I just make sure that I run somewhere where I can refill. Now that's gotten really tricky because all the forest preserves, the bathrooms are closed. There's no yeah. water fountains on. So now, you know, yeah. it's gotta be loops or you, you circle back to your car. But, um, you know, in a normal run, I might go through that bottle in an hour. So 12 to 16 ounces on a day like today where it's 60 degrees. But as it gets warmer and warmer, it's not unusual to go through. And some people have a sweat rate of up to 48 ounces per hour. So just think about that. That would be four times refilling that bottle in an hour, which seems like a lot. But when you get behind, I always tell people, you can get behind in your calories in a run and you'll probably be okay. You know, you, you sure. can, or you can take a gel and you'll bounce back. But once you get behind with your hydration, it's party over. That's it. Your body is overheated and it kind of has to slow down in order to survive. So you don't want to get behind with hydration, even though it's a complete pain in the butt to refill that bottle and carry it. Well, Nobody's yeah, 12 ounces is enough, isn't a ton, right? No, it's no, really not. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you got your, your shirt in your one hand, your bottle in the other hand, you're like, good to go. You got so much. Um, well, and, uh, do you, do you recommend, um, you know, making sure like preloading your hydration, you know, going like swigging. I know Sarah is a big fan of like, um, drinking a bottle, uh, with noon in it prior to going out on a run, um, you know, do, like, or making sure that you're sipping, you know, prior to your run, I guess, um, whether it's the night before or the morning of. Jen, what would you say about that? Just to kind of top off your hydration? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get into a cumulative, just like cumulative fatigue, you get into cumulative dehydration. So especially in the summer, when you're sitting out and you're gardening in the afternoon, or you're playing with the kids in the afternoon, and you're sweating, 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 you need, you know, if you don't make that up and then in the morning you, you fast all night and you get up in the morning and you go for your run. So I actually have a bottle of noon before all my runs too, actually with caffeine. That's how I get my caffeine because I don't drink coffee. So, um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of, of, of hydration before the runs for sure. What, what flavor noon? I'm just going to drill into your favorite. What flavor noon do you like with caffeine? Um, I'm not terribly picky with them, but lemon lime is my all time favorite. That's what I prefer to, I don't race on noon um, okay. because there's no calories, but sure. I do drink noon before my, uh, work. I, I drink noon every morning before all my workouts and a lemon lime caffeine is my favorite. All right. 
Very good. Um, so and this might be a little too meteorologically, uh, what's the word, too slanted towards a meteorological, but I'm curious if it's going to be cooler in the morning, but more humidity, like I'm thinking like the south, you know, thinking Florida, Georgia, that area, Texas, it's going to be cooler in the morning, but more humidity, hotter in the afternoon, less humidity. Is one of those preferable to the other as far as running? Uh, Liz? No, I no. mean, they're, they're both going to be, they're both going to be uncomfortable. And some people struggle more with the humidity than others, because in the humidity, it's, it's like you can't, you can't replace what you're sweating out quickly enough. So I guess maybe going out when it's cooler, but even though there's less humidity, as the day drags on, you tend to start to reach the, the hottest part of the day or what feels like the hottest part of the day. So sure. it might still feel hot, but you might physically be more comfortable because you're not like all sticky and wet from the humidity. Sure, sure. So my very diligent research found that um, about every five degrees of Fahrenheit rise in temperature above 60 slows your pace down by as much as 20 to 30 seconds per mile. Have you guys found mm -hmm. that as coaches? Is that is that a realistic estimation? Yeah, most definitely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and we've talked about this before, where that they they're always trying to figure out what the best temperature is to run a PR in. And I've yeah. mentioned this before. Um, and they found that it's forty eight for females degrees Fahrenheit and fifty or fifty one for men. So anything above that, you have to make adaptations for. Even though most of us can run pretty comfortably in the fifties to fifty five without making too many adaptations. But after that, we do slow down and we do need to drink more and, and you know, take in more electrolytes, et cetera. Sure, sure. And you guys are the heart and soul coaches. So you focus a lot on heart rate training and the train like a mother club. Um, and I'm curious, you know, you, so with people, athletes under your care, set their zones, you know, zone one, two, three, four, five. Um, do you recommend having them retest when it gets hot so that they kind of have new zones for summertime or, do they just follow what they have and, you know, realize that they're going to be slower? What, what do you think, Jen? I think for that, I'm not a fan of resetting heart rate zones based on temperature at all. Okay. Um, because their heart rates will be higher in the heat, but that's because of the body's stress of managing that heat and trying to cool the system and cool the body. So what I tell athletes, which is not always well re as well received, is you just have to slow down. Um, your heart rate will always be higher in the summertime. So for example, these last couple of weeks in Chicago, they haven't been warm, but they've been wet and cold. So people have been running smokingly fast. PRs this, oh my gosh, I'm so fast. I feel great. And I have said, awesome, great. I'm so glad you're feeling good. Glad the heart rate's low. But on the back end of that, I said, just be ready because we are going to get hit in the rest of the country with this heat. And these paces are going to slow down. And that doesn't mean that you're out of shape. It doesn't mean that you've gotten slower. Just means that you have to adapt to the temperatures and reset your expectations on the heat and that you are going to slow down. And heart rate, your heart rate will be so much higher in the heat. But as you acclimate to it, it will stabilize a little bit as you go through the training. Okay, cool. Um, okay, Liz, I realize that people are not racing right now, as, as, as we know, traditionally racing, but there are a lot of virtual races going on. And um, I just want you to talk a little bit um, to athletes who maybe have been training like you guys, like you guys have in Chicago and weather that's pretty ideal for running. Um, and then all of a sudden their race day 
hits and it's 82 and sunny, you know, not a cloud in the sky. Um, and, and they're going because they, they're not going to move the race date because they're going with, you know, 13 of their friends virtually. So they're going to run a half marathon. What would you have your athlete do if they, you know, it's their first day of really running in the heat and it's a race day. Okay. Well, let's just assume they can look ahead like three days and they do see that it's, it's going to be a little bit warmer. So in the few days before the race, they can make sure that their hydration is on track. They can increase their electrolytes. You know, they can do noon in their water bottle throughout the day, uh, just to make sure that they're urinating throughout the day to the point where their urine is pale yellow and, you know, and they're going frequently throughout the day. Every three hours is what I've heard is what indicates your hydration is on track throughout the day. So if they're seeing longer stretches, they know they're behind in their hydration. So if they wake up, you know, and they're like, okay, it's going to be 82, obviously getting out there as early as they can to avoid the heat of the day. So, you know, getting out there by 5, 5.30 a.m., most people would be done by probably, let's say, for a half marathon by 9 a.m., and they would avoid most of the heat. Um, adjusting expectations, slowing down, like you said, you know, not unusual to slow down by about 30 seconds per mile. I might even warm up in, in their race. I might take the first one to two miles at one minute per mile slower than I normally do just to settle in and give your body, you know, some time to just catch up to what's going on. Um, making loops uh, so that way they can refill their bottle. Um, also, what I, I like to have people do when it's going to be hot and, and they're not used to it, you know, the power of ice. Think about when you're out there running in a hot race and they give you like a cup of ice, it's the best thing ever. And so they can have a little cooler at the end of their loop and they can put some baggies of ice cubes in there, stick it in your jog bra, hold an ice cube, put one in your mouth. That kind of gives you that nice, cool and refreshing sensation. And it might, might only last a mile, but it, it's, it's worth it. So those are just some, some tricks you yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Jen, you can put it in your pockets of your, what were they called? The fast light shorts? Fast and freeze. Fast and freeze. Quad school. Keep your quad school. Fast and freeze. But I do in races. I put all those ice down my sports bra and my, my shorts in races when I'm yeah. in that heat, for sure. Well, and that's the thing. You guys are really the pros at being triathletes. I mean, that is the one thing that I... I hate about triathlons is that you always know you're going to be running in the heat. Like, you know, there's no, there's no way around it. You know, even if you're super fast on the swim and bike as you guys both are, it's going to be 10 AM, right? Mm -hmm. It's the earliest when you start your run. So it's a good, good way to practice, I guess. <laughs> um, well, so what, at what point do you, um, you know, speaking of triathlon, at what point do you cry uncle and you're like, you know what, I'm going to do something else, right? Like either, jog in the pool if, if pools are available realizing that they may not be right now or ride your bike um i always find that riding my bike is even though when it's hot out it doesn't feel as hot as when you're running right um like what talk about cross training and, and when you decide like you know what today is not worth a run i think it just comes down to your own personal safety levels yeah. and how safe you feel in them because what somebody you what I feel safe in versus what Elizabeth feels safe in or or Sally or you is, is different so sure. it, it all just comes down to pure safety I always tell my athletes if you're not comfortable in it and your heart rate is too high and you feel nauseous you're dizzy stuff like that then you just need to cross train and stay inside and there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with the treadmill every yeah. so often get on the treadmill work hard or do your workout and carry on and don't don't think twice about it. Just get your work done. 
your heart doesn't know what, what's going on. Your heart doesn't know if you're, you know, just it's pumping blood. So just, sure. just do the workout and um, make it count and, and carry on to the next day kind of a thing. Sure. So that, that's a good point. Um, like speed workouts, um, tougher stuff, tempo. Um, Liz, would you, would you prefer that your athletes do that outside in the early morning or is jumping on the treadmill okay with that? Yeah. So if they have a workout where the quality is the purpose for that workout. So like you said, speed work, tempo workout, really in order for them to keep gaining fitness in the heat, which is kind of hard if you're always out there running slower, I mean, it still counts, but you're not going to see like, it's not going to make a big fitness gain. So in order to keep gaining fitness, you do need to preserve that quality. So getting out there early in the morning or doing your speed workouts on the treadmill is a great thing. And that way, when you go outside for the easy runs, there's no pressure. If you need to walk or hike or you know, we cut it short. It's, it's not a big deal. Oh, good, good. All right. Well, anything else that you guys want us to know about, about running in the heat? Any other points that you share with your athletes or you do yourself? What do you do when you come home and you can't stop sweating? Jen? <laughs> uh, well, take off all your clothes and jump. If you have a pool, we, I don't have a pool. If you have a pool, jump in your pool, uh, take a cold bath right? Uh-huh. It, doesn't, it doesn't have to be ice cold. I don't mean ice cold. Just take a cool bath, cool shower to just bring down your core, hydrate a ton. Um, re, and just like, you know, and the hard thing about running in the heat and coming in is that people never want to eat. So we yeah. have recovery issues because they're nauseous because of the heat. So that's when we go back to the, we, we go back to the smoothies. We go back to the, the, make get your juicer out make juice or drink something like that that can give you a ton of nutritional um benefits but don't it's not as quite as heavy as coming home and having bagels and eggs and all that other stuff so that's what i would recommend nice do you like smoothies liz do you is that is that your post hot run drink i i'm not like a drink my calories kind of person yeah but you know, if, if it was there, I would, I would probably drink it, but I agree when sometimes you come home from those hot, long sessions and it's, it's just hard to stomach anything. And then you get in trouble if you don't replenish, you know, where where you kind of feel, you start to feel really flat in your training because you're always missing that recovery window. So you got to do what you got to do. Sure. How do you, do you have a special way of, do you jump in the shower or what do you do? Do the slip and slide oh. with your kids? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's how you get injured at age oh. 45. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I come home, my, my rule is something goes in my mouth. And I really don't think too hard about what it is because if you start to obsess about calories and protein, then you're just like, ah, and you don't want to do anything. So something goes in my mouth, food, drink. And then, yes, if a shower is available. Um, and then food's got to go in. I mean, and let's be honest, like it's not realistic for any of us moms to be like, well, now I'm going to take a nap and I'm going to go sit in my recovery boots and I'm going to put my legs up against a wall. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. So just making sure that you cover yourself in those first 30 minutes after a workout. So that way when you are out there, you know, mowing the lawn with your kids behind you, uh, that you're not going to get further in a hole. Sure. And you're acclimatizing still, right? Which brings us right back to the beginning of the podcast. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks, you guys. As always, you are great resources. We're so lucky to have you in the Train Like a Mother Club and um, on this podcast. So um, we'll link to your programs in the show notes. And uh, thanks a lot. And I hope that the weather stays really palatable for you guys for the next couple of weeks. That would be nice. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.